to the Meditation Conversation, the podcast to support your spiritual revolution. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and I'm so excited today to be joined by Jenna Layden. Jenna is the founder of Star Family Wisdom and former global vice president for Whole Foods, who's been leading teams and individuals through change and transformation for over 15 years. As an experiencer of supernatural phenomenon and ET contact, Jenna has developed a passion for helping humans embrace a multidimensional reality without fear. And through her experiences, she began remembering lives off Earth and is now focused on her mission in this life to be a teacher of lost knowledge and wisdom from the stars. This is such a great discussion where we both share our star family experiences, some of which seem to have some interesting overlap. I've gotten to know Jenna pretty well lately as we've been collaborating in various ways, and I can tell you she is truly amazing and genuine in her mission to help others in their spiritual journeys. You're going to get some great insights from what she shares in this episode, and please do check out starfamilywisdom.com. She's got her podcast and a ton of freebies and some really awesome offerings to help you expand your consciousness and accelerate your ascension. I'm proud to be partnering with Jenna, and you can find my affiliate link to her offerings in the show notes or on themeditationconversation.com using the sponsors link. And you can use code MEDITATION to get 30% off the Goddess Isis Initiation in Syrian Star Energy Activation 7-week course. So check out her stuff. And as always, I kindly ask that you use the links on my site so the companies I partner with know where you learned about them. Thank you so much for your support. And now dive in and enjoy this episode. So welcome, Jenna. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Hi, Kara. Thank you for having me. As we said before we got on, it's like a reunion. It feels like a reunion. (laughs) I know. I know. So we both are connected through the Conscious Awakening Network, and that was how we met. And you struck me right away. We were on a big call with a lot of people on a Zoom. And right away, I was like, I know her. And then I realized I'd watched some of your stuff in preparation for an interview with Barbara Lamb. But as the meeting was going on, even though neither of us was really talking that much, I was like, no, I know her. No, like I know her beyond that, that call. And then you also your last name is Layden and my children are Hayden and Layla. So (laughs) I know. So you've got this like this earthly like symbol in your name that jumps right out to me, too. So. Oh, wow. It's, Isn't that so funny? The nature of synchronicity and really and especially around those like soul knowing moments Yes, when like your consciousness latches on to something that it's familiar with. It's like yeah. the universe then creates this like series of synchronicities to almost validate it. Yes, that's right. I mean, completely. And because there's so there's so much. I mean, the more I go into like multidimensional knowing and and experiences, mystical experiences, the more I can see and I can experience these layers of how everything is so layered. And so there's so much that we miss because we might catch like one or two layers of something. Right. And then it's like, wow, there's like some really deep truths that just run through a stack 
of a whole bunch of stuff. And so things like your name and they have those are literally like symbols. The letters are symbols and the sounds are symbols. And yeah, so those are like really special names for me, Hayden and Layla, of course. And then the fact that you've got this like blending of them, it's like, oh, okay, that gets my attention. (laughs) Right. 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 It's like it's almost like it was pre-planned to get your attention. Because right. it probably was. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I, right. the same, I had the same experience. When we first connected, it was like, we're supposed to connect. I, I, I do have this familiarity with you. And there's this, yeah. there's this just energetic quality about you that felt right. <laughs> yes, I love that. I love it. I love when it's reciprocal like yeah. that as yeah. well, too. That's so beautiful. So let's let's get back to you and talk about your journey because as I mentioned you began your career with Whole Foods and you were the global VP of Whole Foods and now and I I think I read that you were also an atheist yeah for a long time yeah now, it was 5 years ago okay okay and then now you're a shaman and a cosmic guide so these are two very different realities. And, and I come from a corporate background as well. I worked for a pharmaceutical company for a long time. And then I worked with pharmaceutical companies as my clientele for a long time. So for me, I've, I've stepped into a whole other world too. But I love how you've got this link, how you're, you're used to leading like teams and you're yeah. used to helping people with change and transformation. So it's like this skill that is across, like you've been holding and developing the skill even before you kind of woke up to different realities, let's say. Yeah. But how did the calling present itself and what was it like for you to answer this huge call? Wow. Good question. It was after 30 years of being atheist, one of the most mind-blowing experiences I think a person could go through to have their worldview just completely changed. And I know so many people are going through this right now, which is why I really felt compelled to answer the call. So about five years ago, I went through a relationship ending and this was such a significant emotional event in my life that it just started to make me question where the depth of that emotion was coming from, why I was experiencing really a dark night of the soul, like the deepest depression I had ever experienced. And I had already been married and divorced once. So I'd had experience with these sorts of cycles ending. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was really that that triggered this this moment of exploration. And I think once that moment of exploration began and I started asking questions, why am I feeling this way? Why do I feel this depth of connection with this person that I don't feel with anyone else? Where is this coming from? All of a sudden, the answers started to present themselves. And then this happened in a really interesting way. I now can look back and see that the books I was finding, the information that I was connecting with, was all just unfolding and coming to me in this really rapid but perfectly sequenced way for me to be able to absorb the idea that we have souls 
that our consciousness is non-local, that we live in a universe that is energetic and that all things are connected. And so I started going down this spiritual exploration path and that led me to some past life research, past life regression research, near-death experience research, all that sort of stuff. And then I started having real supernatural, quote-unquote, supernatural experiences. We now know those experiences to be very natural, right? And part of our human capabilities and faculties. But once those experiences started to happen, like spontaneous past life recall, future visions, having this, this heightened kind of you know, clairvoyant type of experience start to occur for me, then it just became clear that I needed to follow that path and I needed to explore it. And, and it's, it's a long story to get to the, the point of where I really felt compelled to leave Whole Foods because there were years of exploration there where I was learning how to meditate. I was learning about how to heal anxiety. I was learning about these soul connections that were established in my life. And while I was engaged in this really overwhelming job at Whole Foods during the day, at night I was studying. And at night I was exploring these experiences that I was starting to have. And so I did all of that in secret for probably about three years until, until the level of guidance started to increase. And ultimately, I was essentially told it's time. It's time to go. It's time to leave Whole Foods. So I can share a little more about how some of that guidance came through and how that's even connected to my soul level connection with ETs. I would love that because when you were like, after three years, then I was guided and I just got these chills that just went all down my arms and down my core and down my <laughs> legs. And so, yes, please keep going. <laughs> it's these experiences, they all compound. And I think one thing that is important for anyone to, to know is that our consciousness obviously can expand in incredible ways, but that'll only happen at a pace that we can handle, that we can psychologically integrate in a healthy way. So my experiences started with these visions that were so instantaneous, so so just vivid in my mind's eye in meditation. And as they started, I would know exactly what they were from the past, from past lives, how they connected to this life. And what sort of karmic story was playing out. So the reason I had felt this depth of emotion when that life event happened with the breakup was because that was a pattern that had been playing out for a few lifetimes. So, yeah, like that is one of my first big moments of, oh, okay, yeah, there, there's a much bigger picture here to understand. And then is that research kind of continued around that topic and I started to integrate this understanding about the journey of a soul, then one day I started receiving direct messages. And at this point, I'm probably on maybe year two of this at this point and integrating this kind of spiritual foundation for myself. And I start receiving very direct messages. And so you can hear them? Mm Mm-hmm. So you've got 
clear audience. I'm hearing like clear audience, clairvoyance, and clear cognizance. Yep. Because you're like getting not only seeing what's happening, but understanding right away, like how it relates to yep. the past and the future. Instant knowing. Yep. And I yeah. guess I guess some clairsentience because I, I can feel deeply what's mm-hmm. going on. And that's mm-hmm. developed in my shamanic training, which we can talk about at some point uh, mm-hmm. in the conversation, because these are abilities that were that were there the whole time I was at Whole Foods that I was employing without understanding what they were. And and they were subtle enough for so long that I was able to just navigate my reality in a way that allowed me to move up the ranks really fast. I became a global VP by the age of 30 without a college degree. That's not exactly normal. And I recognize that. (laughs) Yeah. And so I had these abilities to kind of perceive the future and read energy and and just intuitively navigate my situation there. But then all of a sudden I started getting the experience of these abilities heightening and becoming more profound. And so how I knew it was not my consciousness, because I think that's a question we always have, right? Is, is any guidance that I feel like I'm receiving, is that coming from my ego? Is that Is that coming from my higher self? Is that coming from another entity, right? Like our ability to discern in those situations is so important. And and so at the time, you know how we have like these little issues with people in our lives and we we might stew on it in our head and like get upset with someone. And I was in that space with my stepmom at the time and and I was like having a little internal argument with her in my head mm-hmm. and was just ruminating on a situation with her. And it was it was late at night. I was lying in bed. So it was, it was quiet. I was still, but just kind of stewing on this. And all of a sudden, this message came in and cut me off, like interrupted Ooh. me. <laughs> wow. So it was like it came from somewhere else. It was not not me. I was having my yeah. own conversation with myself. And... <laughs> I love that. <laughs> we could not, we can own that. We all do that. Yeah. I was very busy in my own head convincing <laughs> myself about how I was right again. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Been there. <laughs> and what was extraordinary about this message is that it was telling me basically that I was in my own stuff, in my ego, and that I wasn't seeing the situation properly. And the message was, she is trying to make amends, my stepmother. So we had had a little conflict and she was. She was offering herself in a way that was generous that I wasn't receiving. So this message came through to help redirect me and help me see something differently. But at the time, I thought, where's that coming from? (laughs) Like, like, we're not supposed to be hearing voices in our head, quote unquote, right? What is this? But I also knew it was helpful. It was coming from a loving place. So it didn't seem like anything I should be that concerned about, right? I shouldn't be worried about it. So I moved on and I thought at the time, well, maybe that's just guides or maybe ancestors. Because I was at a point in my evolution post-atheist to to be open to that, right? Well, fast forward and this keeps happening. Not really regularly, but every month or two for like the next year, it kept happening. 
And my research continued. So I continued to just be connecting with all of this information that felt relevant to me. And I started to get fascinated by the idea of these abductee regression cases because I had done a lot of research on past life regression. And that led me to finding some regression cases of people who claim to be abducted by ETs. And I'd always been fascinated by space. I'd always deep down inside had this like longing for what was out there without really realizing where that was coming from. And I always thought it would just be so absurd that we'd be alone, but where's the proof? That's the place I was in for so many years. Are you familiar with John Merrick from Harvard University? No. Okay. This might be something for you to look into. Yeah. He's no longer on the planet, but he was a tenured Harvard professor of psychiatry for a long time. And in his later years at Harvard, he got connected with people who claimed to have these extraordinary experiences or had just so much suppressed stuff that they needed help accessing it. And he was trained in regression type of therapy. So he started working with these alien abductees. He ended up writing a couple of books. I stumbled upon one of his books. And so this is maybe on year three of this exploration at this point that I pick up one of his books. I start reading it. Probably within the first few pages, like the first case study that he's documenting, I have the biggest emotional release of my life. Oh, wow. Like just the flood gate opened and tears were streaming out of me for I don't know how long. And when that happened, it was so startling because I knew enough about the science of the mind and aspects of how information or trauma gets suppressed and that I recognized when this emotional release occurred, something got triggered. Yeah. So it's like your intellect doesn't know, but your body like completely was giving, yeah, was giving it all away. Totally. <laughs> and yeah, and that's like such a good point. Our body doesn't lie. Our body yeah. will tell us or, or like that. We'll have an emotional reaction to something that is significant for our yeah. soul. And so so that's what I recognized in that moment. And I thought, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, have I been abducted? What's going on here? Like, oh, is this my perfect. <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> I'm so, yeah, I love after it. that, I was like, I think I need a regression. Like, I think there's, I think there's something suppressed here. And at the time he was working with abductees, yeah, we know a lot more now about the nature of ET contact. We understand how it has evolved over the last century. And at the time he was engaging in this work, the experiences were highly traumatic for people. And the nature of any sort of suppressed information is a little traumatic when we allow it to come forward. So as I'm reading his case studies, they're not all pleasant experiences, but what is true is that there is a profound spiritual transformation that occurs for people after they've navigated unlocking what's been suppressed and facing the fear of what happened. And so, so he went from 
essentially being a non-believer in a lot of these topics we're talking about today to having his worldview completely changed. He almost got kicked out of Harvard, but they they did not do that because he made a good case for what he was doing. So luckily he got to continue. And anyway, that got me to a place where I just knew. I knew there was something deeper here that had to be explored. And so in 2020, I went through my first past life regression. I got up the nerve and the courage to do it, to face whatever was going to be there because I didn't know what was going to be there. And I've had two regressions. So I've had that one in 2020. And I had one last year with Barbara Lamb to go further in my exploration of, of my contact. So the one in 2020 was gentle. I was given enough information to recognize that, yes, so many of the synchronicities I haven't even told you about. There were so many synchronicities throughout this period of time, too, that were helping me connect with the right information and start to come to this deeper place of knowing. And in that regression, it was validated that I'd been having various forms of contact with beings who are not on this planet, who my soul is connected with from other lifetimes. Wow. And I was told that we incarnate with soul groups. We have, I don't know the exact number, maybe 10 or so souls that we are like really tightly bonded with. And in all of our incarnations, we're just constantly incarnating with them, playing different roles, doing things differently each time. But those are the souls we are really, really closely bonded with. We're really moving through existence with them. Mm -hmm. So I was aware of some of that by this time, but... In the regression, it became clear that one of the reasons I'd had a lot of anxiety and depression throughout my life, and I kind of felt this loneliness in my life, was because most of my soul group are still in another civilization. Okay. I got chills again. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And then in that regression, right. I was told it was time. I'd been having some suspicion that maybe all of this was leading me to change careers, to utilize my leadership in a different way. Wasn't quite sure, but was kind of asking those questions. And this is actually a fun little synchronicity that is related to this moment of the calling and knowing it was time to leave. At the end of 2019, I was thinking about the next year and having these thoughts. Is it time to leave Whole Foods? What am I doing with my life? What's been going on? And so I was starting to set intentions and write goals and that sort of thing. And in the moment of thinking, okay, 2020, I think I'm leaving Whole Foods this year. Message came in. No, it's not time. Your leadership will be needed is what it said. Oh, wow. In 2019. The end of 2019. And then a couple months later, the pandemic hit. Right. And it would have been a terrible time to leave because the team did need me at that time. Yes. So, wow. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't know why at the time, right? It wasn't until later in 2020 that I kind of thought back and connected the dots on that. Like, wow. Okay. Where, wherever that guidance was coming from. They knew, yes, like that right. guy knew what was about to happen. So then in 2020, I do the regression and I saw two past lives here on earth that are relevant to what I'm doing today. And then we, this is a quantum healing hypnosis technique regression. I was going to ask if it was QHHT. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure your listeners are familiar with that being one of the deepest levels of 
hypnosis we can go into. And so when I was in the deepest part of hypnosis and trance, all of a sudden, the voice coming out of me changed. So the therapist had started to ask questions of my higher self, right? My subconscious and had gained access and that information was flowing through beautifully. And, and so my higher self was speaking about me as a human, like Jenna needs to do X, Y, or Z. Jenna needs to meditate more. I got a little scolded on my meditation uh -huh. practice. <laughs> meditation is important, as we know. That's right. So. <laughs> so I was receiving this guidance from my higher self. And then all of a sudden, the voice switched to we. That so the therapist had asked a question, and I think the first kind of shift that was noticeable for him was this answer that said, we have always been watching and supporting. Mm. And the therapist was like, hold on, who is a we? <laughs> yeah, who are we talking to here? <laughs> who exactly is this now? And long story short, the ET beings that I now know to be my star family, I call them star family because we're bonded at a soul level and we're in this whole game together. We're, we're in service to the healing of earth together. And so they started to speak through me and continued to validate lots of aspects of my experiences. They validated the fact that I'm here with two specific souls from my soul group. The rest are back on a ship. And that they had been connecting in with me in various ways to guide me and to support this transformation, to wake me up, to help me evolve spiritually, but then to also get me to a point where I would be able to acknowledge the fact that we're not alone and the fact that I do have a connection with these beings. And so it was that regression in 2020 I think that was summer of 2020 that I knew, okay, it's time to put the wheels in motion to leave Whole Foods and, and answer the call. That's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. Do you have an idea or and want to share about where the star origins are for your family? Yeah, good question. I have continued to gain clarity on that over time. I think it's so easy for us as humans to, especially when we are given lots of information, and we have a cultural phenomenon of that these days around the star lineages and star races. And so it's real easy for us to kind of latch onto a certain idea we think might be for us or a bias that we have. So I didn't have an idea of that for quite a while. I just knew I knew for sure I had been visited. I knew for sure I, I'm in this like telepathic communication with these beings. And I had around that time done a galactic astrology reading from this man, Graham Forskett. He has studied with Dan Winter. He's probably one of one of the most like advanced people in understanding sacred geometry, how the soul and star systems interact on the level of sacred geometry and how in our charts we can identify where our souls may be connected in terms of star systems. Okay. I did not explain that super well because he's the expert, but... <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I, I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. So that was one of my first kind of clues 
And and my reading pointed to the Aldebaran star system and the Regal star system, both in the Orion constellation. So I had that in the back of my mind for a while. And then I also started to have in meditation some visions and not necessarily visions from a detached point of view, but I had experiences where all of a sudden I was experiencing myself as another being. And meanwhile, I'm being guided down the shamanic path. So meanwhile, while this is all unfolding, I'm also going deeper in my meditation practices, going deeper in learning how to journey in the various realms, learning how to access past life information through shamanic practice. So I'm continuously having this develop too. So I started having these spontaneous moments in meditations and in some shamanic journeys where I was experiencing myself as these other beings. That's amazing. And one of them was a mantis being. Oh, I have a mantis right here. Oh, hey. The mantis are the ones, I'll just, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the regression episode with Barbara Lamb, that is the one where I talk about witnessing the mantis beings coming to me. So the mantis beings are the ones that my soul is connected with the most in this life for the purpose of this particular work. And they're the ones apparently that have been visiting at times. Oh, wow. So I think this is interesting that you have the mantis there and that we're now talking about them because this is how these connections form. And yes, this is the awareness. Mantis pops up a lot in my world. So (laughs) I'm not surprised. This makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were seeing yourself as a star being, were you seeing yourself as a mantis? Yes. Once I saw myself as a mantis, that was so wild. It's like I was me, but my body was different. I had these arms that were doing these like motions that were just so different. And that was so interesting. So that was a few years ago that that happened. So I was starting to clue into who I might have been in these other lives. One time it was like a feline being, a bipedal, so human, but feline, a, a humanoid feline type species. And that was a kind of a brief vision and it felt like that was off earth. I think that one was off earth somewhere. And then over time, again, I'm continuing to explore in shamanic journeys. I'm continuing to get these synchronicities and this ability to tune into what clues are being presented to me, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to connect this to the second regression because this is how I ultimately found out exactly where my soul and star family are from. (laughs) So yeah, it's been such an interesting journey. In that first regression, I'd given the regressionist a list of questions that I wanted to explore. And there was one he forgot to ask, which we now know is purposeful because I wasn't ready. I was so not ready to even go there at the time. Because some of the layers of what we uncover, it's deep and it's, yeah. it's impactful stuff to integrate. And we can't do it all at once. Our psyche just in our bodies just can't handle that. So the question he forgot to ask was about a childhood dream I had had. So I had had a childhood dream that was recurring for years that started around the age of four. 
And it was a dream of just pure blackness, almost like space, but a red rose in the distance. And the darkness would kind of close in on the rose. And then as soon as the darkness was getting to the rose, I would wake up and I would, but I would have this like fear. It felt almost like a nightmare, but that was the dream. But it was the same over and over and over. And so I kind of always questioned like, well, what was that? Like, that's odd. That's odd to have that sort of specific recurring dream. So the therapist didn't ask it in the first regression. So I took that to Barbara Lamb last year when I felt like I was finally ready to just go further on some other questions I had and experience even that happened here in Sedona that I was questioning. And so we started with the childhood dream. And she regressed me back to the first night that I had that dream. And for anyone who hasn't been regressed back to a childhood time frame, it's such an interesting experience because your it's your consciousness changes. What was coming out of me in that regression was from the standpoint of a child. Like I was using childlike. Yeah, it was like little me, the four year old me, was speaking. And what we uncovered is that that was not a dream. Really? It was a screen memory. Are you familiar with screen memories? I, so I, I think I can tell from experience what you're talking about because I have like seen screens in a mystical way where it like something's coming over the top of like energy that I'm seeing Mm -hmm. and then it'll feel like, oh, like a screen's coming over it and then it's like, there are shapes that are being made out of the energy. Uh-huh. Is so that kind of close? Maybe. I think there's ways in which our mind, like, wants to block certain things that we oh, might okay. be seeing. And sometimes when, de- and this is depending on us individually, like depending on the journey our soul's been on, depending on where we're at psychologically, emotionally in this life, we are presented with information that is so counter to our worldview or would be so traumatic for us, sometimes the mind just blocks that. Mm. Sometimes the mind will create a screen over that that really prevents us from seeing the truth until we're ready. Okay. So it's like the mind kind of plays tricks on us that way. Right. Or, Or it just completely blocks it and suppresses it, right? And this is true for a lot of trauma survivors. A trauma may have happened. But they don't even really have memory of it because the psyche is trying to protect us. It's just like right. shoving it down so we don't see it. Mm-hmm. And so what I now know to be true, and this is corroborated through lots of other research, apparently the ETs, they're much more advanced than us. They have the ability to put some sort of screen memory in our mind that essentially acts as a placeholder, right, for what oh. did happen. So that dream was a screen memory. It was something my brain could process as a child. But what was actually happening was something different. And so was that like an ET encounter? Yeah. And the mantis were there. Really? Yes. Wow. Yes. 
So what I saw at, and this is from the standpoint of a child, and I didn't share this specific part of the regression at the time in the episode because it was while well, I was still integrating it. But in the first like 30 minutes of their aggression, I'm bawling. I'm like crying as a kid, like reliving this. And all of a sudden, like I'm not in my home. Like all of a sudden I'm somewhere else. And I like, I'm fearful. Like I'm not supposed to be out of my home. Like what's happening? And there's these beings looking at me. And so what I saw was three, what I think to be like gray beings on my right. And they were doing something with my arm. And then there was a mantis being on my left. Well, as Barbara moved me through this regression, it became clear that I kind of recognized the mantis being. Once I got over the fear part of it, it was like, I know that being. I know them. I'm one of them. I'm full there. And so then that started to unfold. She's highly skilled in how to move you from this point in time to that point in time in a regressed state. So she said, okay, let's go back to where you know them from. So she took my consciousness and popped me back to that state. And all of a sudden I was on a ship and I was with these beings and we were planning my life. Now we were looking at a screen. We were looking at my parents. (laughs) Wow. And we were like oh. planning why I was coming into this body, why I was choosing my parents, and why the whole foods part of my life had to happen before I woke up and before all of this unfolded. Yeah. That's remarkable. Yeah. And I'll then fast forward real fast to right after that regression. This is, again, that nature of synchronicity and how the universe locks clues for us. As soon as that regression was done, I was kind of taking deep breaths, just letting it settle. I decided I just need to put my mind on something else for a little while. I'm going to go watch a podcast. And so I turned something on and boom, the first thing Robert Edward Grant was talking about was the Aldebaran star system being known as the Red Rose Star. You're kidding me. Mm -mm. (laughs) Oh my goodness. How about that? (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So the man, so my understanding at this point, (laughs) I mean, not just the rose, the Red Rose and in Orion. I mean, yeah. Yep. And that synchronicity has continued to play out. Like the red rose has other symbology that has become clear. But yeah, my understanding at this point is that the mantis beings who I think are kind of overseeing aspects of this star seed evolution here on Earth and with whom I'm connected from these other lives, those specific beings are from the Aldebaran star system. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) It's so cool to hear you talk too about like embody or like seeing yourself as those beings. I've had a similar experience twice where I I know one was definitely in a lucid dream. Like I was asleep for that one, but it was so strong. Like when I woke up, I was like, whoa, what was that? But I was this blue being, like a an indigo blue with like a with no hair and like a kind of a pointy, like the head's like wider at, t- uh-huh. at the top and points down. But then 
What I remember so much about this is looking down at my arms and they were so thin. Like they were just these like really thin blue arms. And I was like, I, and I don't have any information about where that would be from or anything. But but a couple of times I'm like, see, like what you're saying where yeah. you're inside, look, yeah. like you're seeing yourself. Yes. And so I'm looking down at my arms and they're right. just these really skinny like blue arms. And somehow I knew that I think the face without hair, the head without hair, I think I saw that like in a vision or mm -hmm. something. I can't remember if they were at the, they were near the same time, but two different experiences close together. But um, that, that sounds really similar to some of the beings I saw on the ship because it wasn't just mantis beings on the ship. While I was a mantis being, there were other beings that looked similar to that. Oh, oh, that's interesting. Well. Mm -hmm. Do you have an idea of where they were from? Based on based on all of the research I've done, it seems like those beings may be associated with Arcturus. So there may okay. be an Arcturian kind of connection there, to the best of our knowledge, right? But apparently the Arcturian beings have that more kind of blend-shaped head, larger cranium comes down in that kind of more pointed way. Some Syrian beings apparently have more like elongated heads. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. That's so fascinating. And I don't have, I've had like Star Origin kind of readings and, and there's some overlap. I've had a couple by a couple different people and there is overlap and sometimes new things come in. And I've heard a mantis being before, like as I was falling asleep one night, like I wasn't asleep yet, but I heard this clicking uh -huh. Uh -huh. in my ear, like it was right there to oh, the wow. point that I, and I didn't know even what, I didn't know about mantis beings at that time. Like I but I was, and in fact, before I really knew a lot about mantis beings, I thought they were like aggressive, like negative beings. And this was until like the beginning of last year that I thought they were kind of like the enemy. And so when I heard that clicking, I was like, what? Oh, I think yeah. I knew enough about like mantis or whatever that I was like, what? Why are the, why would a mantis come? Right, right. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And then it was like, months later that I got a lot of mantis stuff coming in mm -hmm. all at once. And I realized like, oh, actually, at least a lot of them are very high frequency yeah. Um, yeah. beings, but super advanced. And it's my understanding that, you know, the hybrid program, right, that has been kind of behind the abduction phenomena here on Earth, which is intended to be part of our evolutionary advancement. It's not intended to be a traumatic thing for humans, even though it has resulted in that in various ways. And that has been corrected in various ways. That's where we're seeing an evolution of how they're interacting with humans. And I'm one of those examples, I think. The mantis beings are overseeing that whole operation. Because they are scientifically, spiritually enough evil, e enough to facilitate with the grays what needs to happen in a way that is aligned spiritually, right? With the proper evolutionary advancement for the all that is, right? So it's almost as though there's like these kind of, like in an organization or like, in our governmental structures, right, there's kind of like a hierarchy and there may be one star nation or race that wants to 
explore a particular path of scientific study in this galaxy or another galaxy. And maybe they need the support of a more advanced race that can oversee or guide them. That sort of stuff seems to be occurring. So Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it's my understanding that at least the ones I'm interacting with are being guided by or highly loving. They're in service Mm -hmm. to this transformation that's happening on the planet. And I think as we're all awakening to this idea that we're not alone and as we all find information on our media platforms about the star races, it becomes so easy again to put our human bias and lens on these things and say, this race is all this way and this race is all that way. Well, that's not true. And that's not true on Earth either, right? It's like, if you think about the vastness of our universe, like the diversity is incredible out there, right? Yeah. So even among quote unquote negative groups of beings, it would make sense that there's also positive versions of those beings too, right? right. Yeah. There's somebody who channels like a high-frequency reptilian trap. Oh. Have you come across Ro- Rob Gauthier, I think is his name. Oh. But, you know, like for a long time, if I heard reptilian, it was like, no, right. Right. they're <laughs> bad. And But, you know, I've watched his stuff and he... This seems like really legitimate, like loving, progressive, evolved reptilian kind of thing. And Barbara Lamb has a story, too, about a reptilian like in the physical in her living room. And they were like holding hands. And so, yeah, we can tend to be too one sided and forget that the whole universe is evolving. So, yeah, yeah, there's a nice representation of everything really so i'm really curious about going back to remember who your parents were going to be why you're going to pick this body why were you going to be here at this time why whole foods before you got into even like out of atheism it's like you've you have been able to consciously integrate a lot of really important information about your life and now you have founded Star Family Wisdom. So you're working now with people to help them from the galactic sense. Yeah. So I'm really curious just about what you can share in terms of what you see as your mission now and what your purpose is and what you're bringing forth with Star Family Wisdom. Well, thank you for that question. One of the things I accessed in that first regression was a lifetime where I had been a leader of a mystery school. And I had been leading spiritual initiates in their journey and and, really introducing them to the mysteries of the universe. And and in mystery schools, the whole point was to really progress through levels of study, levels of spiritual practice that ultimately help you shed your karma, clear the distortion and come back to a true sense of knowing yourself as God. And in that process, potentially awakening extrasensory abilities, potentially getting to a point where you have acquired supernatural human type abilities. So this was something that has gone on in our Earth's history for a long time. But the last few thousand years have been so We've been in our dark ages. We've been in a patriarchal system of operating on Earth, which has not left room for us to integrate 
especially in the Western culture, integrate these sorts of spiritual truths that are foundational to our understanding of our reality and foundational to us engaging with our reality in a way that brings more beauty into the world, that allows us to flourish, that allows us to thrive, that allows us to experience the magic that's possible. So Star Family Wisdom is a mystery school. It's also a podcast, but it's intended to be a place where people can access formal guidance, practices, initiation processes that take them further on their path of coming back to knowing themselves. And and like you were just sharing, integrating a lot of the things I've integrated, going into some of that past life work, going into understanding where our limiting beliefs are held and shifting those and reprogramming ourselves and, and ultimately integrating this much broader perspective on our life and our ability to engage with the universe. So one of the things I was guided to by Star Family was the Caro lineage of shamanism in Peru. And so I now offer shamanic initiation for people who are interested in that path. And shamanism is highly complementary to any spiritual tradition. And even a lot of the great masters of the world did shamanic practice. You know, we just don't talk about it that way. So this initiation is called the Rites of the Moon Eye Key. And it's a 10-week process that was delivered to us by the shamans of the Andes. And I've been certified to deliver this. I'm now a certified master shamanic energy medicine practitioner through this lineage. And what is important about the energetic transmissions that we can deliver through this process. And what's important about this lineage is that the Caro people are descendants of the Incan civilization. When the colonial conquest happened in North and South America and the Spanish and Europeans were wreaking havoc all over the Americas, there was a small group of shamans in the Incan civilization that fled. They said, we know we've got to preserve this wisdom. We know what's going down here. They saw it coming. They had, because shamans can see the future, they saw it coming. And so they were like, we're out of here. We're going as far into the mountains as we can. So they did. And they hid there. They hid in the highest altitude mountains of the Andes for the last few hundred years. And it wasn't until like two or three decades ago, I think maybe the 1970s, so a few decades ago, they came down from the mountains and connected with the outside world and said, we know what's going on on earth right now. You know, this there's this massive time of transformation and turmoil and change that's happening. And this is now a knowledge, wisdom that we want to give the world. Like it's time for the new shamans of the world to come forth and learn this information, receive these energy transmissions and, and integrate these practices. So what's really cool about this lineage is that while there's so many beautiful lineages on the planet, this one is so pure and it really was, it was preserved in a way that is untouched by the trauma that our modern civilization has experienced. And that harkens back even to our connection with 
the star races when they were on Earth long ago. So it's one of the things I'm really passionate about now, too, because while I want to help people become more cosmically connected and understand our potential to integrate that level of energy and wisdom, there's also this level of groundedness here on Earth that we need to be experiencing. And shamanic practice helps us bring the two together. And so I love leading people through these sorts of programs because I think that is one of the most important things we can be doing. It's really about transforming and upgrading our energy field, clearing the distortion, bringing more light and bringing the light codes of the new human to earth and helping us really do the deep transformation work that's going to help us navigate this time of change on the planet. So that's one of the things I offer. We also have sacred geometry courses by Nadi Hana, and she leads a live eight-week sacred geometry course. We also have some pre-recorded courses as well. And then there's lots of free information, free content for people on the site too. And for those who may feel that maybe more like star race, even ancient connection here on the planet, I offer a seven-week spiritual initiation course that is guided by goddess Isis energy. And it's intended to connect us back to the ancient Egyptian temple processes of initiation. So we've got a lot of different ways people can move through their initiation process and reconnect with mystery school wisdom. That's fantastic. I love that. Now, if Explain a little bit more about the shamanic piece. I love what you're saying in terms of like, because this human body, it's really this connector between yeah. the cosmic galactic and then this planet, this yeah, sentient yeah. planet. So how, like, what does somebody, what kind of skills will be developed through a shamanic practice or what could somebody expect in terms of? oh, I want to, like, what's missing from my repertoire is this. Right. And, oh, okay. Sh you want to go down the shaman path type right. of thing. Great question. So it helps with everything. We learn how to open our seeing abilities, right? So we learn how to awaken our perception in new ways. We learn how to do meditative journeys to the lower world where we can access our subconscious our past. We can access wounds and trauma and we can learn how to rewrite those stories or rewrite soul contracts with spirit, with the universe. We can even find gifts that we didn't know our soul was carrying, like gifts from other lifetimes, skills, talents, that sort of thing that we can integrate. We can journey to the upper world, which is the realm of spirit and where we can access future timelines. We can access our destiny. We can start to see future probabilities or possibilities for our life and bring that back down here to the middle world. So we call this the here and now, the middle world. So you learn how to go through those sorts of journeying processes, which for someone who is on the spiritual, you know, evolution path. We're here to heal. We're here to transform. We're here to find that highest destiny for ourselves and for the world. And so as a, as a shaman or someone who's on that path, you can gain some of those sorts of abilities. And, and then we also just engage in 
a lot of other practices, ceremonial practices, practices with Mother Earth that again help us work in the world of energy to really get to the root cause of what's going on with us. Because everything that's going on in our bodies and our minds and our physical reality, it's all stemming from the energetic. And so when we learn how to work in the world of energy, we can then start to influence the physical in more profound ways and quicker ways and easier ways. And so that becomes something that anyone can integrate into just their daily spiritual practices. So it's, I think a lot of people have different perceptions or maybe preconceived notions about what or who a shaman is. But really, we're just talking about ancient ancestral spiritual practices and learning how to move in the world of energy. And we also work with power animals and archetypes. So we work with archangel archetypes who help us access our destiny, help us access the realm of our past, the realm of our hidden stuff in our subconscious. We learn how to work with these archetypal energies in ways that can support us because yeah, we're so not alone. We have so much support, yeah. so much spiritual guidance that can come to us. And that's not just like our guides and angels or ancestors. It's like there's a lot of other intelligence around us and nature and the animals. And we can learn how to work with them. And we can learn how to receive guidance from nature in new ways, which is really cool. And like you said, ultimately really become a bridge, become this like open channel between worlds. And I, I really believe now that I think the reason I was guided to this lineage and to be able to lead people into it is because so many star seeds need to awaken their ability to navigate reality in these ways. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. And you've just reminded me that I kept dreaming about a peregrine last night, a type of bird. And I meant to look that up. So yeah. now I'm like, okay, yeah. You mentioned animal, animal totems and yeah. the intelligence of nature. And I, that's such a specific, I don't even know yeah. if I'll be able to find information about the specific totem of the peregrine. I'm I think sure that's you how will. you say it. I'm sure you will. There's, there, there's <laughs> actually a lot on a, is that a, I think that's a bird, right? It's a bird. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of different, a lot, a lot of spiritual yeah. meaning in different yeah. birds and it's so fascinating what will come to us when we're in these deeper states of consciousness because yeah. it's like not something our conscious mind would have ever thought of. Like recently, I had a moose come to me as a new power animal. Oh. Never would have thought a moose. Right. Yeah. That's random like mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting as you're talking about navigating the energy and navigating our fears and some of the shadow, you touched on the shadowy parts. And when we were talking about reptilians and the, the negative entities and things like that, I heard you saying when I was listening to your recordings from not too long ago, but you were talking about the germination mm. of a seed and how it needs the darkness. Yeah. And I loved this point so much because I have spent time on my journey being like, it's all light, it's all love, and I'm going to ignore everything else. Yeah. And it's been through my own maturation and then also some of my own journeys that I've had, like mystical journeys where I can see 
scary things or I can see likeness and I'm inside myself so I can see that it's there. Yeah. And I can and I have to one, I have to keep my fear in check yeah. because it's like, OK, this is scary. Like what I'm looking at is like. Like a monster, I mean, like literally I'm seeing like a. Like a reptilian type oh, of yeah. uh, thing, but but I'm also kind of like. It, there's a part of me that like, I think my mind is playing tricks on me because it's this, it's like looking at a magic eye poster and it's like a, looking like a lot of static. And then that's kind of what pops out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but I think it's just how I'm looking at it. <laughs> I think if I change how I look at it, it's something else. But not succumbing to fear is such mm-hmm. an important piece of it. But it's also this like willingness to explore and to encompass like the entirety of who we are and to know that certain things serve purpose. So like without being confronted with that type of scary, let's label that as scary, without my friend, the reptilian with his, I mean, the teeth on this thing, (laughs) there are a lot of teeth, let me tell you, (laughs) they're sharp. But without that, I don't get to like flex my fear muscle or like see like how much I succumb to that as an example. It's like I I can't see how brave I am if I don't confront it. And we get that on all different levels because when we're talking about working with energy as but just everything is energy, our whole and you talked about like a screen and it's like everything that we engage with in the physical underneath that within it running through it is energy. Right. And then we have the physical overlaying that. Yeah. But we're here in the physical. So I had another experience very recently where like I like you, we were talking about clear cognizance and it was like all these layers just came in and I could see this specific area of my life where I could see all the layers and that there were things that I had to do in the physical yeah. to like because it was it would help my growth and the this other person. But it was going to be very hard. It was going to be a hard thing for me to do. But I'm in the energy. I'm like, I can see it all, but I'm seeing yeah. it energetically. I'm understanding it. But I'm like. Well, I'm in the energy now, so let me just see what I can do in the energy. Like, I get it. I get it. I get the lesson. Yep, totally right. Now let's just fix it energetically so I don't have to do it in real life. <laughs> like, in my <laughs> fully knowing that the whole point of it is that I have to do it on this plane and they have to have the choice. Yeah, They have to be presented with this choice of do yeah. you want this or do you want this? Yeah. And that's really important for their soul's purpose. And if I don't give them that opportunity, then they don't get the opportunity. But it's really important for their growth. And it was important for me, for my ego and my pride. Yeah. Like there is a there is an element of me like needing to be vulnerable, needing to let go of my pride. And it but I was like, there's no way I'm going to do this. Like I'm getting emotional just thinking about it where I was like, I do not there. I want to do a gazillion things more than I want to do that. Yeah. It's hard hard facing these sorts of things. Yes. Yes. Even when your soul is supposed to do this and their soul is relying on you to do it. 
that's the nature of ego. Like that's, yes. like that's that's ego, right? Like the ego is designed to keep us in this experience of separation, this illusion, right? That everything's a struggle and competition and all that stuff, right? And so when we're healing and we're accessing these new layers of awareness, the ego is going to show up fighting that. Like the ego yeah. is like, nope. I don't want to go there. Like, I'm comfortable here. I want my life the way it is. I don't want to face growth, right? And so we've got to push through that. And that's hard. Like, that's hard stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it. But it's just so funny, like, how layered things are and how much we just, I don't know, it's kind of fun to be working with energy and also to recognize that, hey, we've got this human experience here too and it can't be like you can't get around it (laughs) no no is the word new in this like that's the whole point yeah like the energetic gets the the wheels in motion right but then the physical action has to happen and so yeah or if you get the energetics in motion enough and you're really resisting the physical action well the universe is gonna create some physical things that might happen that maybe are not exactly how you wanted things to play out like the universe is if you're on this path like the universe will push you right like the universe is going to push you to your limits a bit for your growth and it's our choice right it's like our choice as to how we participate in that and how we we own those aspects of our soul growth or decisions we need to make or changes we need to make in our lives or boundaries we need to set. And so, so yeah, if we can get ahead of that, right, and we can be proactive in what our soul knows it needs to do for its growth, then yeah, we're going to have a little easier time in that that evolution. Yeah. So yeah, we don't want the universe to push us off the cliff, right? Like we want to be in control of some of that. Shamanic practice is really cool for that reason too, because it gives us the structure to work with that helps us make those changes. It really helps us navigate. How do we go from this timeline to this timeline, right? Like we hear that phrase a lot out there, timeline shifting and all that sort of stuff. Well, that requires big change in your life. We can work in the energetics and see a lot of stuff. And sometimes we can do levels of healing that do shift the required physical actions, right? So yeah, it's all learning about how all that connects and like you being brave enough, willing to face what you need to face and show up for that. We're here to show up for life and we're here during challenging times on earth. And we're also here with lots of karma and baggage from these times of violence and trauma on earth that we're all clearing and shifting and healing. So we're all going through these moments of facing these like hard choices, the forks in the road, right? That that either help us perpetuate karma or clear the karma and move down a different path. So well said. That's beautiful. Thank you, Jenna. So Tell everybody how they can find out more about Star Family Wisdom and you and your offerings and podcast and everything. Oh, thank you, Kara. So you can find Star Family Wisdom online, starfamilywisdom.com. We're also on Instagram, Star Family Wisdom. 
Starfinley Wisdom Podcast. And you can connect with me on Instagram, Jenna underscore Layden. And our next Rites of the Moonai Key Shamanic Initiation is coming up in May. So if you're interested in that, you can find it on the website and learn a little more there. We'll also be offering a master class ahead of time to just talk a little more about shamanic initiation, what the whole process is all about, what you can experience. So you can sign up for that on the website as well. And then I'll be speaking next month at the Portal to Ascension conference in San Diego. And there's still time to sign up. I think there's still some space left. So go to, I think it's ascensionconference.com and check out tickets if you want to come join us live in person. It's, a, I think, a three-day weekend conference. So I'm looking forward to that. Wonderful. Great. Thank you. And I do encourage everybody to go check out the Star Family Wisdom website because there is a ton of information out there. You've got a lot of like free ebooks and master courses and things like that. So do go check it out. And Jenna, this has been a ton of fun. I can't wait to have you on again. It was and so fun. Thank you. Yes. There's so much to talk about. Oh my gosh, we could talk for days. I know. Literally, I have a whole list of things here and we got to. So tell me how you got to from Whole Foods to right. being a cosmic guide. That's all we got through, <laughs> which was perfect. So, well, thank you so, so much. I've loved this. Oh, thank you. And thanks to your audience for their presence and willingness to engage in these sorts of conversations. I'm so grateful.